This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our ninth episode of Tales of Tamriel. We are so happy that you decided to join us again for another awesome episode as we prepare for the launch of the Elder Scrolls Online. All right, let me go ahead and I'm going to introduce everyone that's here with me. As always, I am your host, Jelos. As my wife, Thais, would say, that... I love to talk so much that I'm the only person she knows who could max out his speech craft and then legendaries it just so that I can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Sadly, Thais will not be joining us this evening as she is out on assignment from the Dark Brotherhood and is unreachable. Hopefully it isn't anyone I know she's after. Uh, or me. That would really suck. Anyway... But we also have the man who maxed out his speech craft with his sultry voice, Krabby. How are you this evening, Krabby? Oh, I am tired. Lots of early mornings. Yeah, I've been waking up really early uh, this week as well. So. You know, though, it's, it's not totally bad because uh, at least the game will be launching at 7 a.m., which is awesome. Oh, I know. I was so terrified it would launch at midnight like other games, but oh, man, so glad it's at 7. I, I remember other game launches, I would actually wake up, like, go to bed at, like, 6 and set my alarm for, like, 11 o'clock yeah. just so I could see him from my computer and tap, log in, log <laughs> in, log in. Well, so Krabby and I are going to hold down the fort this week. They East will be back next week as we're, we prepare for our 10th episode going into the double digits. And I'm going to mention that at the end of the show as well, but um, I do believe, Crab, you were still on on par for the uh, the live stream, right, for next episode? Yes, I just have to uh, <clears throat> I have to give it a couple of test goes and fine tune some some tweaks with the software I'm using. But yeah, no, it should be fine. We're going to live stream me playing the game while doing an episode. Excellent. I shouldn't be too distracted. <laughs> Maybe I'll be crafting when we do it. Yeah, just, just sit there and craft and craft. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you? We're using your Twitch, correct? Um, I we I thought we were gonna use the uh, Tales of Tamriel. Oh, yeah. Twitch. Yep. We can do that. So yeah. we'll, we have the Tales of Tamriel podcast. So it's Twitch TV dot Tales of Tamriel podcast. Um. Actually, I think I'm going to check. Twi that. It's twitch.tv slash Tales of Tamriel. Yes. 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 We have that. Good. <laughs> I'm like, I've logged into it most of the time just to comment on other people's streams since our connection is not good enough to stream yet. But we're getting better, better lines here um, in the next couple months. So that may change. So I made it preemptively. But good thing we got Krabby now so he can uh, he can work on that. 
All right, so I'll announce it again at the end of the show, and we'll we'll go over that briefly during our community spotlight. But uh, for now, let's go ahead and move on to the news. We had Tamaro Chronicle issue number 50. Um, a lot of good websites, and, and uh, oh my goodness, it looks like the podcast list is growing, and the vodcast it's list. It's huge. <laughs> it is. I, I remember when it first came out, the list was tight. There was like Elder Scrolls off the record. There might have been, I don't even think TisoCast was going at the time, maybe. But it was like one podcast, and that was it. Maybe the. It, uh, it might have been Elder Scrolls off the record and like ShoddyCast and, T- and Tamriel Foundry. Well, actually, no, they didn't even have a. They didn't. Well, <coughs> Tamriel Foundry they, had like two, didn't they? Like originally they had a. I don't remember. They had an After Dark <laughs> one earlier on. It was a vodcast between Sparrowhawk or Sparehawk or something like that. They they've went through a couple renditions of a kind of podcast um, up until I think their current one, which is between two of their streamers. So, but I think there's like three or four renditions before they're currently at what they are right now. Um, but yeah, so if you guys have any interest in what the community is doing, I I love the Tamriel Chronicle because of what the main website does to kind of show what the community is doing and it's a very large community so it's really it's really nice to see all these new things popping up every week you know all the time oh yeah oh yeah helps me keep track of all the new stuff that's coming through mm-hmm. all right next up is crap or creating eso the crafting facts article um i don't think there was a lot new on this one but it's just uh it was a new creating eso article that was posted on the main website um i'm gonna kind of glance over this one because we went over the crafting ama what two weeks ago and i think it was more fleshed out than what this thing was this was just kind of a official rehash from um from all the amas in, in their creating eso series so it's an interesting read and i like the fan art they add into it so that's always a that's always a cool thing all right, I'm actually really sad that Thais is not here for this one. I'm gonna have to ask her next week on it because this is the final. Apparently, I actually thought they were just gonna keep doing these forever, but apparently, this is the final developer question of the week number 63. Um, and this is actually brought to us from the game director. Uh, I think it's Matt Fyro, right? Um, I do believe yes. So. Um, so he gave us our final question of the week, and the question was, the Elder Scrolls Online beta is over. What was your favorite moment <clears throat> in the Elder Scrolls Online beta? I'm going to let you go ahead. Um, human centipedes. I can't, I, I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I see, I've seen naked people doing the push-up emote in front of, like, back-to-back. It's, it was hilarious. It's just like a train of naked people doing the human centipede thing. It was so funny. <laughs> that was probably one of my, <laughs> my favorite things ever, seeing in the banner. That is absolutely mortifying. I'm terrified <laughs> of that ever happening to me. Well, my favorite time in the beta... Well, I'm trying to think here. Other than the very first beta where I finally got to see for myself what the game was about... I really think a lot of it was actually just playing with my wife, Thais, and doing that one quest that was my favorite quest, the the treasure hunt, mm-hmm. the two of us running around 
And when we found her wedding spot that she wants us to have an in-game wedding at, um, that may change because all, all I'm going to say is we've only got to experience really the first like two zones. I'm sure there's going to be some interesting areas. That one was just a really pretty area. But uh, that uh, just running around with her was definitely my favorite part of the beta, being able to play together, to work together, and to experience one of my favorite game worlds ever together was fantastic i loved it because yeah. we like when we first got into got her into skyrim um because she had done the other ones but only slightly um we were playing together in the fact that we both booted up and we both tried to do the same quest you know we were like hey let's work on on this one right now and we both go off but we are still separate and we would we had different adventures even when trying to do the exact same thing it is really fun, and I love starting new games with her. So this is this is something I'm really excited for. Um, so yeah, that was my favorite part, and I would hope she would say something similar to that. But it was probably more <laughs> along the lines of watching me die was her favorite part. Oh, you know what I saw that was really funny on one of the YouTube videos from the beta was um, did you see that video of the dog in a pen in a Khajiit lady outside of it? No, she's good. She, she's like gaze into the fury of this creature's eyes. And it's like a puppy, like just sitting there, like going, eh, you know, like what's going on? And she's like talking crap about this dog, and she's like, it's so scary. It, it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> Kajit don't like dogs. Yeah, it was <laughs> wicked so funny. Hilarious. Awesome. I, I, I cannot wait for this game to come out. It's, it's gonna be great. All right. I know. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, we're actually officially past seven days, six six days, and what would this be? Uh, da, da, da. Oh dear goodness, I have to do math. Sixteen hours yeah. away from when we we started doing this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's getting really close. So, all right, next up is Reddit had an ESO ask me anything. And this AMA was massive. It was yeah. really big. Now, I pulled out a couple in the notes that I wanted to highlight. I don't know if you had any in particular um, that you remembered. Uh, Everything you have on here is what I would want to talk about. Okay. I feel like. Yeah, I, 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 I was wading through that. There's no way we were going to read that on the show because it, it really was. It was absolutely massive. Yeah. And we would be here forever trying to go through it. But so I, I I've picked out ones that I thought were unique and were worth mentioning. Um, first off, the five day head start starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Wee! Sunday, March 30th. Yeah, which is we were talking about earlier. 7 a.m. Great. It's not Saturday at 12.01 or Sunday at 12.01. Given how they open up the beta servers two hours ahead of time, I'm probably going to wake up at five just for that. reason. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna wake up even earlier than that. I'll I'll go to I'll go to bed at like eight and I'll wake up at like three in the morning. Uh, I'm an early bird. I I usually wake up early and and Thais normally doesn't go to bed. She's a night owl. She's just cannot sleep. So she normally plays late. She'll probably be up at three in the morning and I'll just sit there, and she'll go lay down and I'll just sit there spamming login. Second login, you'll hear me scream across the house. All the cats will go running for the hills. It'll be great. Um, but yeah, so 7 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Sunday, March 30th is the five-day head start for anyone who pre-ordered the game. Um, 
either the physical Imperial Edition or either of the digital. Now, if you pre-ordered the standard edition physical copy, I think you only get three days for that. So, um, yeah. And I think that's 7 a.m. as well. It's just on Tuesday, I think. Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. Sorry. All right. Moving on to the next one. Cash Shop will have a name change service, which I expected, and some vanity pets in the future. No plans for anything else after that. I think the vanity pets, they even said they're not sure they're going to do. But it's So, man, you know, on one hand, I would say anybody who believes this statement is a fool to believe it because you never know what's going to happen a year, year and a half, six months from now, what they could add to it. But on the other hand, they seem extremely adamant about making a subscription fee worth the money. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that this was said at all. Right. You know, like I'm happy it was it was said. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it because to be honest almost every game nowadays has a cash shop i mean wow kind of got away with it they what they added they added it in wrath of the lich king with only one pet and i think like one mount and it's expanded ever since now i i hope they don't ever go the route like that they're going now with the boost and everything like boosting this game would have to be in some serious trouble right do that i feel like well again a lot of the warcraft has a different a different outlook on it as well outlook's only real game like they don't put a lot of time in the leveling because they increase the leveling so fast that half the time you finish the zone before you're done with quests now yeah uh, it's to get the rating some people are like i went through the zone half a dozen times i don't want to do it again just get me up there and people pay for that i mean great but i think the one thing with elder scrolls is the leveling experience that they're not going to want people to, to skip through that because that's honestly that's some of their you know if you if you really want to think about it the the time stuff they spent the most on the voice acting and all that stuff that you wouldn't want people just to bypass is um is now the parent company zenimax media Mm -hmm. are they a publicly traded company i actually don't think so okay so i I was i I was gonna say they're i think they're a french company anyway So I don't. Think I, I was gonna trade. say if they were a publicly traded company, then you know you would get subscription numbers from this. But it's gonna be like a rift situation where you're just never gonna know the right. exact subscription numbers. Uh, it, it it depends. I'm not sure. I believe they're a French company. If I last looked, and I, I think don't. You're right. I don't think they actually trade on the U.S. Uh, stock exchange so i don't know if they're actually publicly traded or not i think i i remember reading it at one point but i can't remember now to be sure but yeah i know that's where we got subscription numbers from wow was because you got the quarterly earnings calls and they had to put down yeah we got this many um but (laughs) i almost feel like people don't want to do that unless they beat wow because of the stigma of even if they had, like, what they say? There's 5 million registered accounts for beta. Um, I am nowhere near assuming all those people are going to get that because I know a lot of people just didn't like the game. People sign up for betas and forget they do it just because they're like, ah, whatever. Um, but even if, even if 100% of those people got the game and were playing it, and they put, oh, yeah, we got 5 million subscribers, they'll be still like, yeah, well, well had 12 at its max. What are you yeah. so happy about? You know, there's always that stigma of because you're 
won't ever be able to beat Warcraft. Not saying that it's not a good game, but let's face it, guys. Back when Warcraft was released, I can't even think of a new MMO that had come out in a couple of years. Almost all of them were old and, and getting older and stagnant. There was the Ultima Online. Because people played these games for years, so new games didn't really come out, and it was a really niche kind of market. So when Warcraft came out, that introduced a lot of people to MMO uh, area, and there were no other options. It was Warcraft, or you could go back at a game that's, at that time, five to ten years old already, you know? And no one wanted to go back that old, so it there really was only one option. Only after that did it kind of spawn, but now you still have those same 12 million people are still in the market, but instead of being spread on one game, you're spread across 15 now. Mm-hmm. So... No matter, even if this game blows every other game out of the water, there's still so much market um, diversity now and density with the MMO genre. We're not going to see those numbers ever again. Uh, we just won't. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. I, I really hope with this cash shop and stuff like that, they don't really go too crazy. I don't mind Vandy Pets. but no, v- Vandy Pets and Mounts, I, they don't really bother me. Um, I really kind of hope they stop here, though, because even if they if they add XP boosters, that 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 I wouldn't be happy, but I also wouldn't be worried because, eh. But when if they started going crazy with like a lot of cosmetic gear, then I would probably start to raise an eyebrow and be like, well, hmm, but but honestly, I don't know. I'm not worried. Well, I kind of hope they stop with the Vanny pets pretty soon because. I just don't feel like that's Elder Scrollsy, like. No, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, Warcraft has all those nine million pets, and, and a lot of other games have pets and stuff. But seeing someone walk around with a you know a robot chicken, if you will, is okay and wow. But this game, it, it it's dark and gritty, and it, it just I feel like Vanny pets would be out of place for the majority. I don't think there should be that many, or at least keep them. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I personally think they should like realistic, like a mud crab is a realistic animal in the game. Right. You know, but I mean, don't get me wrong. It's kind of weird to have see a hundred people with mud crabs following them. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it, it fits in terms of lore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mud crab. As long as I don't see like, Oh, <clears throat> here you can have your very own miniature dark elf following you around that. That would right. be kind of weird. Right. And I think, you know what? I'm fine with them adding 900 of them, but I hope they never add a management system. I hope they're always items, because then it'll keep people from like the collectors will want to collect them, but you won't see a lot of them because people are like, "Well, I don't want this stupid squirrel because it looks just like the other squirrel I have. I'm gonna keep the black squirrel because I think that one looks neat, and I don't want the gray one because I don't want to fill up my bank spots." But we'll have to wait and see. I mean. In the end, they're a company that needs to make money, and people do pay for this stuff. It's proven. I mean, Warcraft I mean, I'll buy made... them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've already... oh, I'll buy them. Whatever. I already okay. have, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's just, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see how they go with it. All right. This one was something we talked about. I think Thais and I talked about it back in episode four. I don't even know if Krabby was uh, you know, guesting with us at that point in time. I don't think I was. 
Yeah, playing any race. And oh, this was episode two. We had uh, a different guest host on then. Playing any race in any alliance is a pre-order perk, and we have no plans to offer this bonus in any other way. I don't. I. I. I'm surprised they would say this because I. I'm. I'm going to stand my ground with this. I. I do not believe this. I'm telling you, within this year, this will be for sale on the cash shop. I. It. It will be. I know. I. I can't. <laughs> I can't see it not being for sale because people will pay for it. Oh, I'm sure they would. But this was kind of a way for them to get their their money in quick. And yeah, <sighs> you know, and it also doesn't. Here's the thing: what we were talking about with this is, I know uh, Tamriel Foundry and Atropos. They kind of had a. Um, they were angry about when they added this in because <clears throat> it kind of breaks their whole faction pride and lore anyway. Because well, it, it doesn't break lore. Well, not lore, but the the faction pride and well, it kind of not it doesn't not that it breaks lore, but the whole idea is the three conflicts of the of the different sides going against each other, and if people can join anyone they want, it it just doesn't add a lot to that um to that that alliance identity, if you will, because um, if you I'm not I'm not even talking about. Of Warcraft and the Horde and the Alliance. I'm going to go back to Dark Age of Camelot. For those of us who played that, there was an Alliance pride and an Alliance affinity. When you when you chose one of those sides, you that was your side. And there was no, oh, I play an elf that is now in, in, in Midgard. No, or I play a troll that is now in Albion. No, that didn't happen. The races were unique for those areas, and that was it. See, the reason why, to me, this isn't so bad, <clears throat> excuse me, is because the with the exception of Argonians and Khajiit, the races are so humanoid. When you put a full set of gear on, you're not going to know what you're looking at. Right. and But it's still a matter of, I, I guess it would be a little jarring to me, lore-wise, to see a Nord in the Aldmari Dominion. Because... Well, not everybody, I mean, what, I mean... In Skyrim, how many how many Imperials and Bretons are in that game that were born in Skyrim? Right. But there's a long-standing lore history that the Nords generally hate the Elves. Especially with Sarthal and that, you know, the Knight of Tears. Nords are often very distrustful of Elves, period. Of all Elves, even Dark Elves. Um, it... But even so, it just feels like these different areas, it's weird, if you will, the way they set it up. So I think it's also going to be kind of neat for those of us who who bought it now. In five years from now, when they have new players coming in, and we can still be unique going, yeah. Oh, well, I'm telling you right now, within two years of this game being out, you're not going to be playing with 50% of the people who pre-order the game. Because you... Oh, yeah. It's going to be like every other MMO. Most of the sales are going to come up upfront, obviously. And then within the first two, three months, it's going to drop drastically. Oh, and yeah. people are going to freak out. But there's no reason to freak out because that just happens. It oh, happens yeah. in MMOs whenever they come out. It does. But that's still, then that one person who been, who's been playing since the start becomes even more rare. And to see, like, that... Orc in, in Aldmari or in Ebonheart is just that much weirder. 
I this is going to be for I this is gonna be for sale at a future date. I know it is. <laughs> I just it, it is. I, I get an EA vibe from this. Ooh, this, don't this say thing. that. That's dirty. Or, no, no, not an EA vibe, but like, it just it seems ripe for the picking to I'll sell it. Dare you, good sir? I should slap you for <laughs> saying anything about EA on this no, podcast. No, not EA, not EA. But I mean, this the, the pre-order perk to any race, any faction seems like a perfect thing to sell. Uh, I could, yeah, it does. I could see that. It all depends on whether or not they're gonna, like they said, this was a pre-order perk, and they have no plans to offer it in any other way. Now, again, no plans doesn't mean it won't change sometime down the road, but yeah, don't, I, for anyone listening, I wouldn't go into this going, well, maybe it'll be on the shop sometime, because as of now, they even said, like, we're not planning this at all. Oh, yeah, if you're on the fence about pre-ordering it, and this is something you care about, pre-order the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Because, like I said, they have no plans. Look at other things. Like, they came out and specifically said no plans. Almost every other thing that's been mentioned, don't they have the, what is it, or the the political answer to everything? Oh, is there going to be housing in the game? Well, there won't be any at launch, but it's something we're thinking about. They always leave it open to interpretation. That's this, just PR talk, though. Everything. Yeah, PR talk. But this one, you would think that they would say, well, we don't have anything planned yet, but maybe in the future. This one, you know, everything they say goes through a marketing department, and they let this one through, where they said they have no plans. So I really don't think it's on the radar, period. So. We'll have to agree to disagree on this one. (laughs) All right. Next up. The next update puts a quest giver right outside the front door of the house slash boat you appear on after leaving Cold Harbor. The quest giver will explicitly show you how to get to the island should you want to go there. They're talking about the starter islands here. Um, I think some of the people were saying that it was too hard to find them because I know... What was that? I was playing Ebenhard, and they were actually by the beach, but they were kind of outside on the outskirts of the city. It was kind of hard to find them. It really was. If I wasn't just running around looking at everything, I probably would have missed it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I could have missed it, too. I was playing... Um, I went through Cold Harbor on Daggerfall, and I, I could have missed it. I mean, I, th- I, f- I think the quest was fairly close to where I popped out, but is still missable because there's like hundred other quests in the area. So, right, right, and yeah, hmm. depends how they're gonna gonna do this because I feel like the zones are needed, but I haven't really seen it with the increased experience that much because I feel like you quickly outlevel the the area around like the main city you're in, but the areas on the outskirts it kind of goes like one like level three level three level eight you know i don't know maybe it gradually yeah i don't know i've noticed it more going from like everything around the city was lowered down to level three to make it so you could venture off from there but you adventure too far you hit a not a wall but a a sharp incline in the in the level experience like they didn't retrofit the entire zone they did the area around and they're kind of hoping that you level up a little bit within there before venturing too far out um i'm still going back and doing the zones i love them and i like oh yeah me too definitely all right 
Development post-launch will be on Craglorn, our first adventure zone. More info on that very soon. Craglorn is not in at launch. It is a post-launch thing that this is going to be the first major update they do. For the sake of public appearance and just making people happy, this this adventure zone better be out damn fast mm-hmm. before it better be out before the first month is up or else people are gonna because you know you know i people think are gonna, I, people are gonna max out super fast and be like well, what the hell nothing to right. do blah 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 but they, they have to do this like it, this it depends on out. on how how they how they're gonna do this like do you need a certain veteran rank and how fast it takes to do veteran ranks as well I think that this needs to be at least have a release date by the end of the first month. And they need I, to- I had heard a rumor that they were already internally testing it okay. for, for stuff like that. I don't 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 know if it's true, don't yeah. know if it's whatever. Just a rumor I heard. So I, I have hope that hopefully we'll see it. What they need to do is sooner. after launch is even without this, they need to do trailers, they need to do Creating ESO articles, kind of giving players an experience of what it's going to be like. Two weeks ago, they said they were going to talk about their first Adventure Zone. They haven't yet. Yeah, they haven't. So this week, I'm expecting them to hopefully talk about it, maybe give Mm -hmm. a release date for it. Even this week. They did say they were going to talk about it in March. And they only have one week to go. Well, like I said, even if they talk about it head start week, they at least need to tell us what what it's about. Like the later adventure zones, they won't need to. But right now, we don't know what we're gonna. I do. I mean, we literally know it's end game with a ton of uh, open world um, dungeons, mm-hmm. and there. I've heard from press people to say that there's instance raids in there. Don't know if that's one hundred percent true, but we don't know anything else. Like nope. we don't know anything official about what it is really. So end game, repeatable content. Yeah. That's it. We, we need, we need way more information than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it needs to come out fast. I, I do. I expect that at least during the head start that they have videos, like they, they need to re- release. Xenomax needs to release either a trailer kind of giving us a story of the zone I want a pumped up action fighting trailer that makes me go, oh man, I want to fight yeah, him right too. now. You know, like that's what I want. I, I would hate if they just released and go, here you go. Cause one of the things that I liked most about raids and wow and in rift and stuff like that was they always released a trailer with it. Some they, of the, the, the rift trailers for their raids were some of the best. Oh yeah. I, I like, I loved their trailers for their raids, but they the got hammer nail. Oh, the, the hammer nail. The hammer nail trailer was my favorite. Mm-hmm. but it got you hyped up to do the raid because yeah. they they showed you around inside the, the raid zone they showed you not they didn't like walk through but you got to see boss fights mid-action so you could see the action going on what was mm-hmm. going on I, I really think they need to do something similar to that um and really tell us what's going on with this thing at least like you said this week uh, they have to give us something. I would be very, very upset if they did not talk about Adventure Zones this week. Yeah, a blog and, post on the website, anything. Because we were talking about this earlier, how much we like the game in in the, in the pre-show, but how we're still not sure if the game will hold us long term. Because being 
mostly PvE players. The East and I are definitely PvE players before PvP. And uh, Krabby, you said the same thing. So, I mean, what I was basically saying was, now, if you want to compare the launch, anyone who's listening to this that's played Star Wars The Old Republic and who has played the launch of that game, um, that game launched with one or two, I think two or three battlegrounds, um, you know, war zones, and the one raid. And that one raid was extremely buggy. And... Did it release with it? I thought it came yes, afterwards. Eternity Vaults came out with the game. It was extremely buggy. It might even be still buggy today. That, that place was a mess. But the problem with that was once you did that raid, that was it. There was nothing else to do on non-raid nights. And the thing with the thing with ESO, what I see is I see you got you got the crafting that takes a very long time to do, mm-hmm. which most MMOs do not have. You've got the large-scale PvP, which admittedly Guild Wars 2 has, but they do not have the PvE that this game will supposedly have. Right. So you got the large-scale PvP, the crafting. Don't forget, Adventure Zones, from what from what I think an MMORPG video said, is it will increase your veteran rank past level 10. Mm-hmm. You have to do 50+, plus and 50++ plus plus to get from veteran rank 1 to 8, I think. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. So it's either I mean, that or grind the yeah. The and, and if you're the type of person to want to read the quests and listen to everything, it'll take you a good. I think they said three, four hundred hours to do fifty plus plus mm-hmm. and everything else. So I mean, sure, people are gonna blast up to fifty and be like, "Whoa, there's nothing to do." But hopefully, it'll be a little bit longer than they need. For the raid right. to come out, or the right. the adventure zone to come out, right? Well, that's where we were talking about earlier. Is the uh, veteran ranks they they need to adjust our work on them so that they it's a long term goal that it takes people a while to get up to certain ranks in order to see this stuff. Yeah. Um. But yet again, all speculation, and we'll have to we'll have to look at this. Um. Next up. They are looking into the Templar and their magicka regeneration after changes to restoring spirit. I know nothing about this, so I have oh. no idea. All right. For those who do you know about the restoring spirit nerf? If not, I, I, I've heard people complain about it. That's about it. I don't know exactly what it is, though. Essentially, what restoring spirit was was a passive that was a form of magicka regeneration for Templars that restored. Uh, 4%, I think it was, of the Templar's base mag- or Max Magicka. Um, anytime they used a spell or, or anything, anytime they used a, uh, an applicable spell or used an applicable uh, stamina weapon. That's how Templars would regenerate their Magicka. It was changed to do a 4% reduction in spell cost. That was a huge nerf. That, I think uh, some of the number crunching was like 90% efficiency was removed from this. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was causing a lot of problems with the Templars in the 50 plus and 50 plus plus areas because a lot of the way the Templars work and how I like to play is the self-sustaining through healing. They don't have a lot of tanking or CC abilities. They do through weapon lines and stuff like that, but innately they don't have a lot um, compared to what other classes do, um, who still have magic or regeneration through like 
dark exchange for sorcerer and there are a few other ones i can't remember what they are for the other classes but these guys were essentially one of the most magicka dependent because the only way they could really fight was through taking damage and healing it and a 90 percent reduction in the way their magicka regeneration worked was a big hit like it mm-hmm. i hear a lot of um, Asari, this was one of Asari's things that he went off on was the, because he was going to be a Templar originally, I believe until this hit. And he was like, I can't even solo quest anymore in 50 plus And, um, has, as it currently is. Um, and I have heard the rest of the community say that it is a, it is a rough change. It was really hard. So, but they are going to look at that. And as most MMOs are for those who've played them, should know that there are going to be ups and downs as like what what was uh warcraft's favorite thing if you're a uh flavor flavor of the month player you only played the class that was the it class the one that did the most damage the most healing was the best tank that was it and then you would switch so i tend to stick with the same class throughout the lifetime of the game unless they release a new class i like more but i can't imagine them ever releasing any new classes for this game. Maybe new weapons. New weapons, but again, everyone will be able to do those, so I have problems that. I know there are a lot of people asking, like, when are we going to get a spear line? Because we have spears. I want a necromancer staff. (laughs) Necromancer. That's what I I want. Well, it's outlawed in all the Empire, so good, sir. (laughs) What Empire? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's left of it? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're not going to get into a uh, political or Tamrielic political discussion at this point over the rights to doing necromancy. We're going to move on. Uh, API in the beta exposed certain functions that made macro programs much easier to abuse, and there were functions that were exposed that let the, let the API display information not readily available to normal game client, thus making some players feel that they were forced to use add-ons to remain competitive. Um, while we are aware this hurt some add-ons, we felt these decisions were necessary to change them. We certainly tried to keep the things in which still allow for damage numbers to be seen and what was happening to their characters to be seen. As we get deeper into launch, we can always reevaluate what is available and what isn't. They should have made these changes about three months ago. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wouldn't. It probably would have went over a little better if they made them sooner rather than right before. I mean, I, it, 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 this is for me. This is weird because I I agree with them. I agree that if it's not available in the game client, you shouldn't be able to access it. At the same time, maybe it should be available, but mm-hmm. then again, that might not fit with their vision of the game. So it's very, it's very weird. Um, right. I I. Th- Personally, with the changes I've seen, and I've seen the updated Tamriel Foundry on a couple of streams, that Tam, Tam, uh, Foundry Tactical Combat. And the only thing, I mean, you can't, you can see your incoming damage, you just don't know what it is, you just know that you took damage. Right. The only thing I don't like about this is I really wish I had my own buff timers for like sub uh, 30 second things. Right. Cause that's yeah, the you're... only thing I want. I just, if I put something on me that lasts for five seconds, let me see the five seconds. That's all. That's all I care about. Let me, let me have a little icon that I can throw in the corner so I can see it. Yeah. Like I do want to mention something you didn't put on here though, is oh. that uh, I believe Matt 
Fryer wrote this these replies, mm-hmm. and he specifically called out Atropos from Did the Tamriel Foundry. He said he's, he said we're aware that Atropos has been a great help, you know, with developing the add-ons and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it wasn't anything against him or his add-on, you know, just like it, it was. It was good that he he mentioned him because you know. It was right. Atropos' add-on that did a lot of this. That is one of the reasons. That that add-on is probably the primary reason why they did this. Probably. You know? I mean, they, they were probably going to do it anyway. But, but you know, it's good they called him out specifically. Because, you know, he, I mean, he has every right to be upset and angry. Because he worked really hard on that add-on. Right. But, but he, he from what I've heard of his streams, he seems to be more calm about what's going on. He's bummed, but, you know. Right. What, what are you going to do? And it may change in the future what's going to yeah. happen. So, I mean, but I really wish they would have made these changes back when the API was in closed beta. Once back they made when the public... NDA was up. <laughs> no, 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 because the NDA went down, but there was still a closed beta test for the API testers. Yeah. The API was behind an NDA longer than the game was. And... Then they dropped the NDA that anyone could get the API, and that's when sites like uh, ESOUI and stuff really started taking off with all these add-ons. But then they removed it right before that. I feel like they should have done these changes. Like they should have known what they were doing before they dropped the NDA. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I don't. I don't think there would be the mass. Oh no, as there was with this whole thing if it was done during the closed beta of the API rather than releasing it, allowing people to do add-ons, and then cutting it back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they WoW had to do this originally, too. They released API, and it was too versatile, and they had to cut it back later, but I feel minor changes down the road aren't as bad as the, the cutting that they did now. Pe- people, No one likes to have things taken away um, but if they don't know they didn't have it to begin with, then they're happy, you know? It, well, the, see, see the, the weirdest thing about this is the information they took away is available in every other MMO out there. Right. That's why it's so weird for these people who need, no, I'm not going to say need, who really want these add-ons and want to have all the information at hand. But the, the their vision for ESO is much more of a visual sense. They want you to be able to see Mm-hmm. when there's a debuff on you or a buff on you. My problem with that is if that's what they want, they need to make them more obvious. Right. If I've got a fire def- debuff on me for like four seconds, I want to be exploding. Right. I want fire to be shooting out of my butthole. That's what I want to <laughs> see. Because like, like I just, I, you need to know. I mean. Right. Guild Wars 2 did a good job with this. They actually made the character models do things when they had debuffs. Like when you were snared, you your character was actually limping and dragging their leg. Yeah. And that was a nice visual to show you, oh, I'm snared. Or you're on fire, you're literally covered in fire. If you're chilled, you're like shivering and walking real slow. Um, you know, there there were visual cues that say, Hey, there's something funky going on, but I, I don't think ESO does it well enough yet. I they think need, they, need... they need to tweak it. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm fine with doing a visual cue. I mean, I raid in Final Fantasy XIV without any add-ons. None at all. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Um, I mean, is this change going to make me not want to play the game? No, hell no. I don't care. I mean, you know, I mean, like, I've hard... I'm not... Yes, I've hardcore graded in Warcraft and in Star Wars uh, Wars The Old Republic. But it's like, I... 
I, I don't need to know what if I'm getting hit by something in a boss fight, then that's something I should look up and go, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I don't need the exact specifics of it. If my because... health's going down, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm going to move on from that firestorm without digging too much into it. Cause <laughs> it, it really is no matter which way you go last week or two weeks ago, it was the single player elder Scrolls fans who were in a tizzy and now it's the MMOs. I, I feel bad. For yes. Yeah. So, cause they, they, they pretty much made one side happy and pissed off the other. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next part. Guild stores will be our in-game market. No plans for a global auction house. Thank you, Zenimax. Uh, I hate global auction houses when there's not unique servers because Guild Wars 2 did this, and the economy is crap. I I agree agree that global auction houses for every server, or Mm -hmm. in this case, one mega server, is bad. At the same time... I'm really curious to see how I want. I'm curious to see how guild stores work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I just, I don't. It's going to be hard to get competitive prices. Oh, it will because you're not going to know. Well, like you're going to go. You're going to see. Oh, you know, oh man, black soul gem is 500 gold over here, but over here it's 5,000 gold. What's going on? Like there's it's, it's going to be weird. Yeah, but there's going <laughs> there's going to be a lot of ways to make money off that because yeah. Um. There, there isn't a simple search. People, there's only so many keeps, so you know there can only be so many stores. But how many people are going to want to hop to each store to find out the well, different see, that, prices? That leads me to my other question: How fast do keeps actually turn over? Do the vendors vanish and pop up instantly? What happens to everything they're selling? Like, like, I, like, I'm. Those are things I'm curious. About. I would imagine that what you will be able to do there will be a guild interface this is how and i don't know because i don't have any experience with it but this is how i imagine what will happen is there will be a guild interface in your guild in your guild menu that will allow you to put stuff up just like you do in other auction house games but it's only on the market when your guild owns a keep you know what I mean? So, like, I can throw stuff up there, but we don't know anything. It just sits there. No one can. So, see. your guild has to be very good at PvP if you want to sell anything. Yep. <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be uh It's gonna be interesting. Because yeah. I'm a pretty bit like I, I don't play the auction house in terms of buying low and selling high. I play the auction house in terms of oh hey I have a hundred thousand gold let me just waste all of it. Right. <laughs> and and you know I want to do that. Yeah, but way. see, then we'll make money off you because we'll just well, exactly whoever. Holds but how am I going to know? Yeah, because you'll be too lazy to jump to the other keeps. So <laughs> exactly, you just you just put your stuff up here that's at ten times the price of other places. And just hope that Krabby wanders by and is too lazy to go to any other keep and just what, buys it. What would be really cool is what I would love to see in the future. Is now let, let's say. Hell, let's say a year from now, they're like, oh, man, we're going to do our official Hearthfire-like expansion, you know, the housing. Mm-hmm. Let's say they have, if they have guild houses, even if the guild houses are instanced, it would be cool if you could have a guild vendor at your guild house. And you could say, oh, I want to go to X guild's house and check out their vendor. Mm, yeah. I, I wonder how... I wonder if that would be something they would consider. A way to have more... That's how Dark Camelot did it. Yeah, I didn't even know. A a way to have more available vendors for guilds that aren't lucky with getting keeps. Right. 
All right, moving on to the next one. Uh, well, you know what I also think this will do? This will cause a lot more of people broadcasting in cities going selling Ugh. this. Yeah. There will be a lot of people who are just like, listen, I'm selling, trade me, you know. But, I mean, people do that in auction house ones too, but yeah, I, I, I think the crafter out there will be sitting on the corner selling his wares in the city, which is kind of neat. All right. Uh, 10% house cut when using guild stores to sell as a gold sink we design. So you put it up for 100 gold, someone buys it, you're only getting 90 back. That is just bizarre. Because shouldn't the house cut be the guild? Well, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think that's... 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 Don't get me wrong. I understand having a gold sink. It, make, it makes 100% perfect sense to me. But it just still seems kind of weird that it just, you know, there's no logical place for it to go. Right. Because you wouldn't want it to go to the guild. Because can you imagine those guilds? The, one or two guilds would be making all the money. You know, like they would just have so much. They wouldn't yeah. Make. Yeah, that's true. You couldn't have it do that only because then... Oh, and not only that, but could, then you could use, there would be no uh, there would be no cooperation because if someone's getting attacked, I could see the 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 competitive or a competing guild sitting back and watching the other f two factions destroy the keep because they're like, well, once they lose it, we'll retake it and then we'll have a guild store. That doesn't create problem with this. That doesn't create a a sense of wanting to help because you're sitting there like you could see whole armies just sitting up on the hill watching the keep go up in flames because they're like well we want our guild store there so we'll just retake it when it's done you know we're not going to help out we'll let them have it tactics tactics <laughs> <laughs> indeed all right and they're working on fixing guild bank to make items stack properly and more easily searchable i think that also applies to the way the filter system works with guild stores i hear that's a mess mm -hmm. um from what i hear uh moving on maximum guild size is 500 you can be a member of up to five different guilds oh yeah that i'm honestly um other than like the different guilds out there um like i know the elder scrolls off the record guild We'll probably be close to that. Um, so, well, they're they're going to have multiple guilds because they, they have are. a lot of interest. I mean, I, I've never been comfortable with joining more than one guild because to me, a guild always felt like a like, like a like a loyal place you should mm -hmm. put your time into. But then again, the way that the auction house system works, I can understand, and it would be very useful to be in more than one guild. Right, and like I was telling you earlier, I'm going to have probably I'm going to make a guild for Thais and I, that's our social guild where we have our friends, only our friends get into it and that's mm -hmm. it. Cause it's just going to be like a friendly chat channel for all of our, all of our real life friends and friends from other games. Um, we'll probably have a main PVE guild and a main PVP guild, but the other two or three will more than likely just be other large PVP guilds so that we have more options to sell on, on guild auction houses. Yeah. But to be honest, that's the only point I see. The big guilds for PvP are about it, because I don't know about you. I've been part of some several large guilds, and they form niche kind of groups, like little cliques. You don't know all 500 people. You know your raid team or your dungeon run group, and those are the people you look for. Um, I know in Guild Wars 2, I was part of a guild that had... 400 they had a 500 person cap it was like 494 when i joined and i knew like 
one other person in there that I actually did stuff with. Yeah. I just happened to be in there for when they said, hey, we're we're going out into world versus world. So and I'm like, oh, all right, great. Um, that was the only purpose of being in that guild was for that particular reason. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll likely form my own guild. We'll have my own PV, PVE group that, you know, we all meet up and do our thing. All other guilds will only be for benefits. Um, all right. Any other things that from the Reddit ESO AMA? No, that's everything important to me. All right. We're going to move on. The next article or the next thing we had, which I encourage everyone to go out and look at the guardian. Uh, it's a wet news website and technology actually has a new gallery up where elder Scrolls online provided them with some exclusive concept art. And it is pretty awesome. I like the concept art of the, um, the different Daedra, like they did the Daedric Titan, they showed all that. That was really neat. So if you're mm-hmm. interested in the concept art of Elder Scrolls Online, I would definitely go check that out. Um, the last bit of news we had was for any of you guys out there who have slow connections, like myself, uh, don't worry, Thais, when you listen to this, I already patched yours. But there is like a 4 to 5 gig patch out on the launcher now, so I recommend everyone goes out, patches it, and from time to time, checking your patcher to make sure nothing else came up before launch. Because this is probably the big one right before launch. There may be a few smaller ones, but get it done now. You don't want to don't want to wait until <laughs> Sunday at, at 6 a.m. going, all right, we're going to replay. Click, you know, look <laughs> in and it's downloading, you know. I have, such, um, I have such terrible OCD that... You know, I'm I'm so I love to have everything updated, everything nice and fresh on my computer. That's how I am. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm looking through the Zenimax. I went to you know the program files folder. I click on Zenimax, and I look at it. it. Says Elder Scrolls Online Beta. That was the name of the folder. And in the, in the the link on my desktop was said Elder Scrolls Online Beta. And I was like, oh man, why does it say Beta? I was like, it shouldn't it shouldn't be Beta because the Beta is over. So I re-downloaded the entire game. <laughs> I deleted it, redownloaded it, and it actually changed to Elder Scrolls Online, and the link said Elder Scrolls Online, and I was like, "All right, sweet, this is what I wanted." Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. now we know what that was about. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next session. Um, that's going to be our Elder Scrolls discussion topic, and this week um, it's going to be a it's going to be a pretty quick one here. But we wanted to go, since this is the week before launch, we wanted to go over our pre-launch predictions, how we think um, the opening week and everything's going to go, and what we would like to see implemented into the game within the first year of play. Can't, so, log, can't log in. Can't log in. Can't <laughs> log in. Can't log in. <laughs> Click. Login server's full. Darn it. Try again. <laughs> can't log in. God, oh man! Did you play um, Final Fantasy XIV: A Realm Reborn at launch? I did. Nightmare. I did. Nightmare. Well, see, I know a lot of their problem was they. All right, the MMO community is not very forgiving, which obviously we can tell from the the flame wars that go on uh, with the game in between, just like little news stuff, and the game's not even out yet. Final Fantasy 1.0 failed hard like i played in 1.0 it was unplayable it it was terrible 
The design was bad. The game was literally not fun. I praise the people who kept playing. Um, but it was that bad. The game literally failed. They were going to close it down, but I know they they decided we're gonna we're gonna try to bring it back from the ashes. So to have a relaunch, if you will, and they weren't expecting that many people because a lot of people got burned in the one O release. They didn't expect a lot of people to come back, but they actually exceeded their expectations. That was their problem. They were planning for fifteen percent of the original player base to come back and got like three three hundred percent of the player base to come back. No, that, that, that's amazing to me. You expect 15% of your player base to come back given it probably wasn't a big player base to begin with. If they only needed 15% to come back to retain a subscription model for a game, they just remade, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, certain games won't lose subscription models. Yeah. Yeah. Dark certain Age ga- certain games has... just aren't that expensive to make, no. I guess. Dark age Camelot still has one. They have less than hundred K players. But they still have fifteen dollars a month, um, because you know Ultima paid... Online has ten thousand players. They still have a subscription fee. Yeah, exactly. Um, Final Fantasy Eleven, same way, still has a subscription free. No, no free to play there. All right. Um, yeah. I, I to anyone who goes on and says there's not going to be some sort of login problems, I work in a network environment. I work with. A Citrix infrastructure, which is essentially exactly what we're digging with now. It's a server side that you log into a Citrix access access gateway, and that funnels you into where all your applications are. And I'll tell you what, during heavy hit periods, if your if your gateway cannot handle the amount of uh, traffic, you're not going to get in. Even if there's plenty of server space and seats out there and plenty of VDIs, uh, virtual desktop interfaces for people, if that's what we're using, if you can't get by the gatekeeper, you're not going to get into the game. And those login servers get hit hard. Because there's those freaks like us who are sitting there at 5 a.m. clicking (laughs) just to hope they open the gates. Like, literally, for the first week, expect to not be able to log in instantly. Expect mm-hmm. to get disconnected. Expect lag. These things are going to happen. It, it, if they don't happen, then something is wrong. You've also <laughs> I mean, got to remember, the very first time you're coming in, so is everyone else. Those, yeah. those entrance You're logging zones, in with however other million other people are trying to log in. I actually plan for, like, the first couple days, like... To just go around crafting at least the first day at make my character gather. and gather yep because i don't want to deal with the quest like i want to be able to do the quest the way they're supposed to be done i don't want to be running around with 50 other people and like the guy's dead you just have to go up and talk to the guy because that's what happened um, well you know you say that yet you forgot to add something in the uh reddit ama thing we probably should have talked about too oh was they actually found three underlying bugs causing the questing issues that they had fixed. Nice. And they're still working on other fixes as well. Nice. So hopefully Well, I'm not even worried about them being bugged. I'm just... Well, yeah. I, just you know, for anybody else who played last beta weekend, and they were like, oh, everything's bugged, blah, blah. Right. Apparently, they fixed most of it. So. Right, good. Well, I'm glad about that. Just to me, it's, it's not as epic to go up and, and like, that one one where you had to slay the abominations in the graveyard when there's 50 other people there i mean it's an mmo it's going to happen up until the the herds start spreading out everyone's funneled into that first zone it's going to be pretty tight but yeah 
Well, hopefully their phasing for the zones will be more strict. Yeah. Like, hopefully you'll only see, like, 50 people on Stros Mackay, not 200. <laughs> I would hope so. But, I mean, who knows? You know, we won't, we'll, we'll, ne- we'll never know. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, my, my launch day predictions really are, I don't think they're going to have any server problems such as the servers going down. Like, completely for hours. I, I, I mean, you, you never know. You never know. I wouldn't say it wouldn't happen. But That's why knows? it's just a prediction. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm just going to assume there's not going to be any Th- this server make, crashes. I will be I will be thrilled if in day one, uh, next Sunday, if I can create my character mm-hmm. and get out of Cold Harbor and get on to whatever starting island I choose, mm-hmm. I will be thrilled if I get that far on the first day. It's going to be Devin's watch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Calling it. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I have a heart pack. I don't know. My blood foot pack. I, I love you, you, I love that song so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, subliminal messaging here. Blood foot pack. I'm just, after the end of everything I do, I'm just going to blood foot pack. Just to get you to come over that way. Anyway. Um, hey, you're, you're inviting a vampire over there to bite you when you're not looking. N- not my blood for, for you. My blood for the pack, not my blood for you. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn you. I'm gonna give you an unnecessary amount of fire damage taken. <laughs> with no gonna, benefits at all. I'm gonna burn myself with my own uh, Templar spells. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I'm with you. I'm realistic. If I can make my character, and I can get through the, that's good. But. I'm like I said, some other servers have been down for hours. Like uh, Final Fantasy Realm Reborn, the servers crashed, and it took them like four or five hours to bring yeah, it back. Up. I remember sitting here going, "Oh, it's the second day. It came out waiting like three hours. Great." I mean, anybody who's listening to this podcast who is new to the MMO genre, don't know how many there you are out there, but be prepared to not have a great experience the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. It'll most likely be a lot of retrying to log in, get it going. But if you give it, you know, g- give it the couple of days it needs to smooth out or week even, it'll be fine. I know. And it's rough for us saying for the head start, because I'm like, that's all of head start. But I mean, it is. It's a lot of stress on the servers. Everyone's trying to get in to get their their names, their guild names. Everyone's just trying to get in and do that. And then then people resume a normal play schedule and it and it goes a little better um but yeah no servers going down i do expect there to be access gateway problems i do expect the login in, like the actual trying to log in yes process yeah. servers will be up like yeah. once you're in you'll be good but it's i'm gonna now, i don't know anything about networking or whatever whatever crazy nonsense that is <laughs> but i remember them saying something about um if they need to they can open up additional nodes for the first week right they're talking about the servers um they're the failover servers but that still requires them to be able to get through the gateway like i was telling you before once you were in the game like even final fantasy when the game came up when you were in you were okay but you couldn't ever get in because the access the the gateway was crushed yeah The, the login server that which actually grant you access to your character screen was crushed um i think that's gonna that's gonna happen you're probably well, well, final of... fantasy's problem was their login queue was extremely messed up oh yeah it now when i played rift when that first launched and um 
their login queue worked fine. I actually think Riff was one of the smoothest launches I've ever seen. Their their launch was extremely smooth. They they so they sold a million copies of that game first month, I think, which is for an MMO that a random IP new game when Warcraft was in Cataclysm. Yeah, that was you dumb. know, I mean, it, it was Rift was doing pretty good. Um, oh yeah, I I don't know if I mean all right. So anybody who's pl- now what two nights ago last night. Friday or Saturday, whatever night it was, ESO opened up the uh, game for like two or three hours for people to log in and mess with the um, overflow servers. Mm-hmm. Um, their queue seems to make sense to me. You know, you log into the game. Now, this is for anybody who didn't get to experience this, what happened was... Like me. <laughs> you, you log into the game and a window pops up. It says, um, you know, welcome to Elder Scrolls Online, blah, blah, blah. There's currently there's currently a queue that'll take you 12 minutes and 30 seconds to wait to get into the act to the, the mega server. Would you like to instead play on the overflow server? The limits of the overflow server are limited social functions, limited guild functions, but you can still play the game. Right. So I I think that their queue their their login issues I don't know if they'll be that big of a problem. They might be, mm. but. Who knows again? Hmm. Well, yeah, if I can get in and make my character, I'm happy. That's that's the main thing. That's... Yeah, I just I want to make my perfect dark elf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I got the I pre-ordered the Imperial. I pre-ordered the Imperial edition. I'm not even going to play an Imperial and I'm probably going to play on Evan Harpact as a dark elf. So why the hell did I even... <laughs> yeah, I pre-ordered. I'm going to be a Nord on yeah. Heart Pack, so I'm not even taking advantage of the different pack. That Actually, no, that lines. is a total lie because um, I love the Imperial armor. It looks awesome. Oh, well, I'm going to use the and Imperial to be able to yeah to be armor. able to turn that armor on. But yeah, but you get that from pre-ordering the Imperial edition. Well, you could learn it later. Well, but the thing is, right now, if you log in, you right-click on a piece of armor, you click right. Convert to Imperial, yeah, which is you, awesome. You don't ever get that functionality. That functionality is solely the Imperial edition. But yeah. if you're a crafter, you can still learn the Imperial style and then craft armor in Imperial. But mm-hmm. only the people who order the per- Imperial edition can literally find any piece of gear and go, switch. It's like a transmog kind of system or a vanity system, glamour system, whatever you want to call it. All right. Uh, I think those are going to be our predictions for now, unless you have another one. We're going to move on to the next part. What do you expect and hope to see implemented into the game within the first year? I'll let you go first. Okay, so let's assume... Now, I'm not even going to bring up Adventure Zones, because let's just assume that Adventure Zones are part of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're going to come out uh, every... There should <laughs> which be which reminds me, Adventure Zones really need to come out in the first 30 days of this <laughs> game coming out. But anyway, I, I now I had heard mention of them wanting to come out with a patch with like a, a justice theme to it. Mm-hmm. And this is something I would love to see. I mean, you think Justice and, and Elder Scrolls, you think Dark Brotherhood, Thieves Guild, a criminal system... Now, the guilds sound awesome. You know, I mean, it would be—it's going to be awesome to actually have all four guilds in the game. Um, I'm so very curious to see now because because it was themed the Justice patch update, whatever. I'm very curious to see if they're going to implement a proper stealing thieving system. 
and Consequences. Right. Because the last MMO I played with thieving Consequences was Ultima Online. And if you stole something from somebody, you were flagged as gray, which means anybody could kill you without any consequences. That's probably not going to happen in this. If it did, I would be shocked and thrilled. But um, <laughs> I'm very curious to see what their take on a real consequence criminal system would be. Right. Like, I, I think they could, for a theme park MMO, I'm really curious because, I mean, I, I watched an Arch, Arch Age, Arch Age video, the game coming out in a few whenever the hell, and uh, that's a sandbox game, and their, their criminal system is you literally go in jail for an undetermined amount. You, have, you go in jail, and you actually have a trial, and you have a jury of people who are playing the game. <laughs> it, it's crazy. I don't know if they're going to go that far with ESO, but I'm very curious to see how they would even... Talk about trolling. M maybe a guard will grab you and say, oh, we're going to take you to jail, and you'll pop outside of a jail, and your stolen items will be gone. Mm -hmm. I would expect that, but who knows? I'm really curious. I would hope that they, like, as much as MMO players hate to lose stuff, I would like to see a gold fee, like, that you would have to spend. Here, here's an interesting thing. Kind of like a repair fee, having a fine where you were literally unable to steal things until you paid your fine. Mm, that that's too that's too forgiving. Yeah, well, well true that you just don't have to steal anymore. But, but it, it seems too boring. Like, well, in I, Elder Scrolls, you got a bounty on you, which was a fine, and the guards attacked you until you were like, "All right, what do you want to do?" Right. <laughs> you know, like that. I mean. I'm, that's why I'm I'm curious to see how far they're going to go towards the Elder Scrolls model with would, a criminal system. I would love the fine. Either you have to pay the fine, or you go to prison. And when you go to prison, make us lose a level in our uh, in our skills we learned. <laughs> it won't it won't de level your main level, but if you're like. 40 47 two handed weapon, it goes down to forty six. I would say go to prison. And you have this is all right. So I would say all right. Let's say let's say you stole a sweet roll, and you gotta serve, you know, a day in jail. They should give you the option. They should give you one of two options. You could they either give you one lock pick. We can try to break through the master level lock of the cell to get out, or you can sleep off your term, and you lose a little bit of. Uh, money i don't know it's I'm, I'm trying to think of a way it would make sense for mmo players to go with it right uh, you couldn't do know. a sleep off you couldn't do a day because you wouldn't want to remove a person's ability to play their character Th for a that's day. the thing yeah because that uh, i'm sorry that would piss me off and that would even never if, I was, if I was in jail for 20 minutes i would be pissed oh yeah i'd be like well, i just want to play the game like i mean so i'm curious how they're gonna go about it and i i find it hard for them how would they make a uh, to pay even a fee because most people wouldn't want to do that. Like we already have to pay armor repairs, which I I love that they. I hate when people don't have that. Um, because it's a gold sink. But like, would people even do the thieves guild if you got caught and had to pay a fee? Like, what do you do if you don't have? Well, the, money? the other effect of being in the thieves guild is you generally. I mean, in other Elder Scrolls games, you generally make a whole lot more money. Yeah, uh, like I think that should be. I I think that Thieves Guild would be an amazing area for repeatable daily quests to go out and steal stuff and earn money. Now, 
on the subject of the Thieves Guild and the Justice-themed patch, I'm wondering if they should add more world skills, world skill trees into the game. Because, you know, they got <clears throat> they got the soul skill line, vampire, werewolf, um, emperor. Oh, I, I totally I'm wondering they if they'll actually put in like a, uh, a thief skill tree where... Maybe you got a lock picking one every point in lock. Maybe when you learn lock picking better, you'll a passive. It'll increase the time it takes to open a lock. Sure. Or, um, oh, you mean like a, a, a thief skill that you can put yeah. on your bar? That no, is... no, 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 no. A passive. Oh, like passives to make being a thief easier. See, I, well, I want to see more world skills in the game. Things that aren't linked to a combat thing. That's right. what I want to see. Well, I can. They already have guild lines for the fighters and for the um, mages. Yeah. Well, when I say a thief skill line in the world skills, I mean like literally, like not thieves guild, but being a sneaky. Mm. You know, like. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I I would love more world world <laughs> skill lines. I think as a thief it, or the thieves guild, they should have a passive that you can put points in. That the higher that requires a certain level in the thieves guild that you get more gold drop. Like the first tier is five percent more gold from monster slain, ten percent, fifteen percent, as you level up in the thieves guild. That would be awesome. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't even have to be that much, but it could just be a couple percent more gold drop. Because, like you said, generally in the other in the other games, you uh, you had you made more money because you did the the uh, the different radiant quest in skyrim and you, you stole money you fetched it to a fence you know it, it was that's what you did um and it earned a lot of money um but yeah i hope they do the justice system i hope it's severe in penalties because i think mmos nowadays are getting too oh we don't want to penalize people too much but how do you do it for the person who like is a really bad player and a bad thief who has no money yeah and they run out of money and get a fine how do you like they can't pay the fine how do you you can't and you can't take away their ability to play their character for a, a time period in prison mm -hmm. the only way they could do prison is if it made you lose skill points like that's essentially what happened when you slept off your skills in skyrim you lost experience in those lines because technically you you know you it's kind of like not working out for a few weeks you had to sleep it off so you got weaker would they would they allow us to d level in our in our in our skill trees not our main level because i hate d leveling there but in our skill trees where it's like great now i have to level up my my two-handed sword again because i've been in prison for two weeks well let's say you have everything maxed out and morphed all the way then then what i would imagine the same thing that happens with the vampire skill line if you lose it you you get the points back and when you regain it you pick up where you were at see I, I don't know it's gonna be I, i'm very i mean this is if they even do uh, a criminal justice system and i'm very curious to see their take on it. i really want to know what they want to do right with it now did you have anything specific you wanted well other than like i like you said venture zone should be on a roughly depending on how long and again this depends on how long it takes for people to beat them i mean like get all their gear beat them i think they should be difficult i think they should be on a six to nine month rotation like a new one every six to nine months um maybe even earlier if they're easy 
You know what I mean? But if it's a hard mm-hmm. raid, six months for the casuals to get through it is maybe a little much. Maybe four to six, somewhere in there. So I'm just going to assume they're on a rotating schedule. Um, I want to see the Dark Brotherhood, like, bad. And at this time period, they would have just been forming, so maybe a more mm-hmm. tongue. What? Would they have just been forming? Yeah. <clears throat> they weren't official as a guild yet. There was a precursor to them. If I remember my lore correctly, there is a precursor, and I, I'm just trying to remember the time frame of this happened, but the Dark Brotherhood was a spinoff of a group called the Morid Tong. Well, see, I thought the Morid Tong was a Marwind only. Well, it is. It is now. Like, it is now, but that the Dark Brotherhood spun off from them. Like, if you read the lore on them, they were the originals, and the Dark Brotherhood spun off for political, religious reasons. I forget what the reason was. Mm-hmm. But they spun off from the main group. Um, the other things that I would really, really, really like to see is I would like to see some of the newer zones opened up. I want to see... I would like to personally see White Run. The rest of Skyrim, yeah. No, Wait, not where, just the rest of... Sorry, uh, White Run's not in the game? No, no. It ends at Riften and... and, and Iverstead? You can't go somebody, that far. Some, I thought somebody was saying you can go as far as Iverstead. Maybe that's in the Rift. You might be able to go that far. Um, but I'd like to see maybe a, one new zone added to each section. And in those You've got zones, a ton of room to play with, too. Oh, so yeah, much lots. of the map is untapped. In, in particular, the two that I'm thinking of is I would like to see a new zone added for each of the factions um maybe maybe part of the main high elf island of somerset isles because they you can only get on that one island not the not the bigger one of um that i would like to see um oh what is the other i can't remember in in daggerfall whatever they'll have to expand stress mckay (laughs) (laughs) yeah more than that um no, the area right next to Skyrim for the Reach, where the Reach men originally were from, I I don't think they went over that far yet. And I would like to see maybe Folkreath or Whiterun at, but I would also like to see them expand Cyrodiil in a in a not a not a faction specific, but they only have that top section open. I would like to see them add PVE sections to um cyrodiil for the other areas like open up the what, now, what highlands is, now is skingrod in cyrodiil right now no i don't think so it would be interesting if they opened up more parts of cyrodiil as pvp areas i see the, like a battleground type thing maybe, maybe. the problem is you wouldn't want to open up like you see the zone they picked now it's not the same shape as the Cyrodiil. Oh, no. This is like a perfect triangle. It almost. is. But it, it cuts off a lot of the different areas because you're not going to want to add too many keeps because of... See, this is the one thing I hate is people are like, oh, well, it's not fair. These people have an advantage. Well, you know what? Whatever. Um, but they made it so that all the keeps and everything are pretty much identical clones of themselves. So for competitive place, no one can say, oh, they had better than me. Um, I doubt they will ever add anything more to the Cyrodiil War. Um, well, well, I mean, like, like add the Skingrad section of the game as a separate, like, 
battleground. Let's say, oh, the, you, do you want to join the fight for Skingrad 20 versus 20? Yeah, they you might know. do something like that. That'd, that'd be interesting. Um, going on that, I uh, two things that I'd like to see open is the next thing is depending on I don't think they can both go at the same time maybe they can I want to see the liberation of the imperial city in which way either as a dungeon that you that is whoever controls enough of the keeps can go into kind of like the darkness falls which I assume that's what they're going to do or if they let us liberate it completely make it that we liberate the city but the sewers are another adventure zone you know what I mean? Like a high-end raid adventure zone. Um, but I have a feeling what they'll probably end up doing is the Imperial City will be like a Darkness Falls. Whoever controls enough keeps can then raid in the Imperial City. We'll be able to go into the Imperial City, fight the hordes of undead and Daedra that infest it, go into the sewers, the, uh, the prisons. I have a feeling that's what they're doing. But I'd like to see them open up the Imperial City in one fashion or the other. Now, the other, the only other thing I can think of, if they open it up that we actually liberate the city, that it's actually an inhabitable area, which would be kind of hard considering the rest of the place is at war, but it being like a city that you could go into, um, like in Oblivion, I would like to see the arena come back. 2v2, 1v1, 3v3, 5v5. I mean, that's perfect. The arena, yeah, because yeah, they had the, the arena, arena in Oblivion. They did, and it was, you know, it's funny. The arena in Oblivion was always the very first thing I did when I got out of the uh, dungeon. It's great for it's great for leveling you up. I don't think I've ever played in the arena. I could never figure out how to get into it. <laughs> really? <laughs> nope. I always went straight for it. Right, but that one way or the other, I think that'd be a neat way to get the arena players, if you will, that those people who don't like the massive PvP. And it fits into the lore of Elder Scrolls. Oh, perfectly. It's it's perfect. I mean, right. It's but literally it, sitting there going, "Use this." Use yeah, this but it would depend arena. on what their plans are for the Imperial City. If they don't ever want us to fully liberate it and still have the Tharn family controlling it, then they run into the how do we make this so that the the game or that it's available to everyone while the everywhere around it is in war you know yeah, what i mean it'd be kind of weird yeah to walk into uh um the imperial city proper and first merchants going how are you doing and then you look out over the wall and you see fires and tribuches going i i just i don't see the peaceful city when everything yeah. is under siege i have a feeling it'll become a, a type of dungeon um but that's what i'm expecting that and what i would like to see implemented during the first year Okay, uh, anything else for that? Nope. All right, we're going to move on to my favorite section, the Tales of Tamriel. And this week, it is just me going on, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I've been doing in the Elder Scrolls before the Elder Scrolls Online launches. Um, first thing I did was I actually tried to start up Morrowind. And... I'm sorry. Oh, I, I enjoy Morrowind, <laughs> but I had it heavily modded for graphics, and it crashed hard. I could not log in. None of my saves would work. I would try to create a new character and I'd get the opening cinematic. But when I woke up in the uh, boat next to Jub, whatever his, I think his name was Jub, J-A-U-B, that dark elf guy. He's like, wake up. You know, 
you've been sleeping so long, but my eyes never opened. It was always a black screen. Yeah. <laughs> I had to literally remove the game, delete the add-on folders, everything in there, and reinstall the game from scratch. So I reinstalled it. It's back to its unmodded self, um, which was a shame because I had it looking very pretty. Like it was, it was oblivion level at least, high-end oblivion level. It was gorgeous. Um, so now I'm back to the old. It, it, it's hard going back to that. Um, <laughs> I did try to go through to Balmora. I picked up the one quest uh, from the Blades agent, and I've never before been able to figure this out because you had to go, you had to do some minor quests. You had to go join the guilds to make a name for yourself. So I did that, um, and of course, the only guild thing I was really able to do. I did two of them, two guild missions to raise my fighters guild rank. One was the very first one where you, um, there's this one lady right in Balmora who's having a rat problem and you have to go clear out the rats. And it's funny because she's a pillow merchant. So she yells at you, don't touch my pillows. Um, but yeah, you go into this upstairs room where the rats are supposed to be, you kill like five rats. Um, and it's just a room full of pillows. Like that's it. There's just pillows everywhere. That's you really open weird. crates and there's pillows in them. There's pillows on the floor. But it so I go kill those. And then the next one they wanted me to go clear out two poachers from a um um Oh, why am I drawing a blank as to what they're called? Oh, it, it's the egg farmers. They were they they were stealing the eggs of these these monsters in Marwin that are kind of bred like cattle for their eggs and I can't remember what the eggs are called now or what they're even called it's driving me nuts um, that mine was it, what I like most about Marwin is the lighting they didn't seem to have a lot of ambient lighting in the game originally um, like I have to mod my Skyrim to make it dark because there's just so much ambient lighting it's never really dark out um, but crawling through this this cave it is dark i literally have to hold a torch half the time um so i do manage to kill them and i make my way back to balmora and i pick up the quest where i have to go and speak to this one guy um but the guy's like you're gonna probably have to do a favor for him first so i go down he's in the fighters guild he's just kind of hanging out down there like a like a lazy bum and I talk to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about the uh, about the never the Nerevarine, but first, and this is where I always oh, never could figure it out. But first, I need you to get me a puzzle cube hidden within the Dwemer ruins to the north." When I first started playing this back in the day, I had no idea where the ruins were. I finally found them, and I do remember going into them at one point in time, but I could not find this puzzle cube. I was in there for probably four hours looking <laughs> for this puzzle cube. And wouldn't you know it, the one section that you go into as you're walking in, there's a, a broken pathway that comes down around, and it whips around a, a corner, and you see these this multi-tiered section of the Dwarven ruins there's the bottom bottom section with doors and there's a top section uh that looked like a balcony um so there were multiple floors i always went in the bottom and cleared all that out uh 
I almost died several times because, unfortunately, there were Dwemer spirits haunting the area, and I had no silver weapons, so I pretty much just had to run from them. Because um, I generally always play the same type of class I always play, which is a, a... The Templar from Elder Scrolls Online is what I essentially play all the time. That Can you holy... only kill those spirits with silver weapons? Silver weapons are magic. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, and I don't really do destruction magic. I generally do restoration. I I I, I make the Templar class the the righteous crusader that smites evil. So I have lots of turn undeads and I you know that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, the turn undead wasn't working for them because they were too high of level for my my low level of restoration, um, and I had no silver weapons, so I couldn't kill them. If anyone's not seen what the Dwemer actually look like, you should look up some of the, on like the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, like the Dwemer spirits, so you can see them. They're kind, they kind of remind me of uh, stereotypical Persians from like the Babylonian era. That's what they look like. I think they're really neat. Long black beards. Love it. Um, so you're, I've run my way through this and I'm, I'm kind of at my wits end here going, I, I don't get it. I, I went through, there's even part of it that's sunken underwater that I've never found before. I'm like, this is obviously where the puzzle cube must be. I've never been here before. <laughs> I'm crawling under the water and I get to the other side. It's a dead end. I'm like, Fruh! was so the whole I, place big? Like, was it really big? Oh, it was massive. It really, it is big. And it, there's so many turns and twists and turns and you tell one way it opens up further. I opened up this one room where it was, I walked in and there's all these metal grates, just like, you know, what the Dwemer were apt to have. But they build it over a volcano. Because, of course, you're on Vardenfall, the island of Vardenfall, which is nothing but a giant volcano. Which, by the way, that's one of the things I was hoping would be implemented, is Vardenfall. Because I want to explore that again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm running around, <clears throat> and the bridges is broken. You have to jump, and it's very hard to do to the other side and try not to fall in the lava and die. Uh, I managed to get across through a combination of chugging every potion I had and restoration magic. Anytime I got too close to the lava Um, and I made it across, I'm like, Oh, this obviously must be where the puzzle cube is. I go in and there's this observatorium. It's not lit up. And I'm trying to figure, I'm like, well, obviously to find the puzzle cube, I must have to activate this observatorium somehow. (laughs) Um, and of course there's bandits all throughout this section because the ghosts are only in the in the the one section of this of this dwarven ruin where I guess their home section was. The other section is actually filled with nothing but bandits. So I'm trying to make my way through. I get to the observatory, I kill a bandit chief and I'm like, "Oh, maybe he has it on his body." Nope. No no puzzle cube. Okay, maybe he has a key or something so I can activate this observatorium so I can see the stars, which if you played Skyrim, Oblivion, uh, I don't know about Oblivion, but some of the uh, Red Guard, uh, the Dwemer always studied the stars. It's what they did. So I'm like, well, maybe there's, you know, in, in Skyrim, this is where they held in an Elder Scroll. They tried to focus the Elder Scroll through one of their machines. So I'm like, maybe there's a puzzle cube in here. Nope. Couldn't figure out how to get it started. Climbed. I, I mean, I was wall jumping. I was doing all sorts of stuff trying to figure out if there's a lever, there's a switch, there's a key, there's something to get this, this, uh, you know, stargazing thing working. Nope. I am so frustrated at this point in time. I'm sick of it. I'm like, you know what? 
forget it. Uh, I'm, I'm just leaving. I'll come back later. I'm going to go explore to the north. I want to go see the Ashlanders and the Ghost Gate, the Ghost Fence. I'll be back. As I'm walking out, I get to that one section again, that first section, right where you see the, the by levels. And I go to walk back up the ramp to go back out to where the main gate is. And I look off to my right. Huh. I never noticed that before. There was fallen debris that formed a type of staircase or ladder that led up to the second level. I always thought the only way you got to the second level was via the, you know, the, the first level. They all connect, but I never got up that far. Um, or at least I thought I did, but apparently I didn't. The, the second level I got to in, in, the, in the bottom part was just an overlying balcony into the basement section. Um, I open the first door. There's two small rooms. I open a chest. There's the puzzle key. <laughs> Eleven years later, I finally find the puzzle key. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? All this time, I could not find this one little pile of rubble off to the one side that I could have walked up to and got right up. It, it wasn't... The bottom section is like depth and like there's a locked area because when you go back and hand the puzzle key in, he's like, oh, good, we're done. Um, I'll tell you about the uh, Nerevarine. Oh, but if you ever decide to return to those ruins, here's a key. It might unlock something. <laughs> that door I can never open 900 times before. That's what it unlocks. Um, I did resolve myself to go back there at some point when I had a silver weapon because that key unlocks door at the bottom of their living quarters which is just full of of spirits so i'm not going in there until i have a silver weapon um so i'm like oh great but all this time it was literally like the bottom section is expansive the top section is two rooms and there's the puzzle key i mean i killed one bandit and that was it i could not believe it Uh... it was insane so um, I return the puzzle key. Uh, I go and sleep, and I get attacked by Dark Brotherhood. Yeah. So I kill them, and they, they like I'm trying to build heavy armor. I like heavy armor, but they have light armor, which is better than all the heavy armor. So I deck myself out in Dark Brotherhood. And for anyone who's playing Marwind who's never played it before or doesn't know. The Dark Brotherhood gear sells for so much money at the beginning of the game. It's insane. It's just so much money. Um, so I actually tried to farm it the best I could by repeatedly going to sleep. Because until you ex- finish that quest, um, which actually is, I think, the breadcrumb quest that leads you to Tribunal that's all you get like they will just keep attacking you until you make your way to mournhold to start the tribunal uh expansion mm-hmm. pack but i just kept trying to farm it i just kept falling asleep sleep 24 hours nope no attack sleep 24 hours oh no attack sleep tw- oh got an interrupted attack kill them and then sell all their stuff because i needed money um that's actually where i ended my morrowind playthrough actually that was that was a story that happened right before my morrowind crash i haven't went back since then because i was doing it all in the modded pretty graphics and i was upset that i didn't get to go back um i did get a chance to play a little bit of skyrim this week as well 
Um, in Skyrim, I really didn't do too much. The biggest thing that I did was I was messing around in my house in Falkreath. And the first thing I do when I have a house like that is I try to clear out. Like, I, I like to clear out the area surrounding my house. So I noticed that there's some um, black markers on my map going, oh, I haven't cleared them yet. Um, one of them was just a small old ruined fort right next to my house. It, there were some bandits close by, so I took those out. And Liddy and I and my astronaut hottie made my way in, and there was a Spriggan matron mother in there and i think i died like three times to this thing because <laughs> i just hit level 30 so after hitting level 30 the monsters start to change i the game was just starting to get a little easier for me on legendary and i flipped 30 and now the new monsters are showing up because after a certain level like monsters won't show up unless they're scripted monsters until you hit a certain level if i go, went into this cave five levels ago it would have just been a spriggan but yeah. because i hit 30 it's now a spriggan matron mother <clears throat> that th it's an all new level of hard again like it's it's really hard um so i made my way through that and then i made my way into <clears throat> is it shriek actually i'm gonna roll over here and look at my map here real quick because i have a map of skyrim on my wall la 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 that is it what is that Sorry, everyone. Sorry, I'm just looking this up because it's driving me nuts. 825. 825. 825. 825 is North Shriekwind Basin. There we go. That's where I started. And this place <clears throat> is where I entered. I entered at a halfway point between North and South. When I entered, I have a choice of going either up is I don't know if anyone's ever been in here. I'm sure everyone has. But when you walk in, there's this large circular room, okay? And it there's staircases going up and down. Like it, it literally is just going up and down in a circle around this center circle. And in the center circle, there's a beam of light sitting there. Um and there's skeletons all along this. It it almost looks like an arena if you will when you go in. Um but I decided to go up. The problem is, if you go up, there is a master vampire at the top of it. And he was wrecking my day. I actually had to trap him. I literally drug him down into the room right before I got up to him. There's a lever I can pull to shut a gate. So I trapped Lydia and him inside there. <laughs> Sorry, Lydia, but he was wrecking my day. So I pulled the lever and trapped them in, like, summon Hottie, summon Lydia. And I went on the other side and pulled the lever down. And I'm sitting there and watching them fight. And then when one of them, uh, when Hottie dies, I open the lever, cast Hottie again. My astronaut closed the lever, sit back there. I, I know, I'm, I'm a total pansy. But he, I can't get close. When he got around half health, that's when I opened the lever and charged in with my sword and started hacking at him. And we were able to finally get him down. This is like three or four attempts, but um, I I don't know it yet, and I don't I may be wrong on this, but if it's possible, Lydia definitely contracted vampirism. 
I don't know if followers can. I know NPCs can if they're attacked. Um, and they can actually be turned into vampires. They can they can contract it if they're attacked. And uh, yes, that was kind of rough because if if she didn't, uh, I don't know how she got away with it because she was in there getting that blood drain, and I'm sure she has it. So in a couple days, we may find out if she uh, if she has vampirism. All right. Um, so after kill- killing him, I actually got the cleared, but I knew I wasn't done yet. Um, so I started heading down and fighting my way through some skeletons the bottom of the place has a vampire mist walker oh my goodness this this thing was pretty tough too because it's a caster but it can actually make itself go invisible so we're fighting this thing I'm like yeah I'm going to kill it and all of a sudden she goes no you're not going to get me and invisible and runs off I'm like oh god she ran off so far we spent the next 20 minutes I'm like which way did she go um I went down into her lair and I found the exit and I still didn't see her like great. This is where she was sitting because this is where I, you know, found her when she attacked me. She's not there. I started going all the way to the north. I got all the way to the other side and I didn't find her. I I didn't know what happened to her. I actually, as I went back down, she was hiding in the one section, that middle section that I said I went into where I had the choice to go north or south. She was hiding behind that wall and at full health, too. Like, she's still invisible, but at full health. As soon as I walked around the corner, she started to kill me. So I reloaded my game and I went back (laughs) in there. And I didn't let her get away this time. I mean, I went nuts. I loaded my weapons with poison. I made sure she died. Like, paralyzing poison. It was everything. As soon as she got low, escape key paralyzing point whack and she fell over paralyzed and we just whittled her down because the amount of time it took me to find her she had regained to full health again so that was my skyrim adventure (laughs) clearing that out i made my way back to the house unloaded all my junk and i got attacked by bandits because they were right outside my house in fulcreth um so i had to kill them Looted them naked, of course, and then I picked up their dead bodies and just kind of threw them down over the hill. Um, I didn't want them in front of my house. It lowers property value, so I threw them out back. And uh, that's that was my Elder Scrolls play for this week. I'm excited to have Thais back next week, and Krabby uh, will we'll, we'll be streaming, so we'll be able to have... Everyone should have Tales next week, because... It'll be the launch of Elder Scrolls Online. So, um, let us move on. Um, this next section, you know what? I'm actually going to skip the next section because this is normally thematic reading from the book of Elder Scrolls, but this is kind of Thais' favorite thing to do. So I think I'm going to save this book for next week. Because I don't think I a I really don't think I want to read all the way through it, and she does a much better job than I do. So yeah. Um, well, thanks a lot, Krabby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she she does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does. I don't want to hear you read that book. So I'm gonna I'm gonna save this book for next week, and we're gonna have her when she's when she's back back home from her Dark Brotherhood mission, and uh, we'll have her read her book. So that's gonna come on to the next spot which is our community spotlight 
the website I've chosen to spotlight this week is actually tamrieljournal.com. Um, I actually introduced this one to Krabby just before the show, and they are a news site. They do all news, and they actually have a bunch of guides and stuff like that. So this is kind of a... Um, I don't want to say like just a news site. This is specifically they like to do guides. They like to do like they have a guide. It's a very it's a very professional looking website. It has a oh, yeah. lot of information. Like it, like the layout of the site is gorgeous. I I love the way it looks. They did I mean, really good. They did really really good. Uh, the two people who are doing it, uh, I'm gonna try to pronounce their name is Halmer and Anari or Anarion. They are both. Um, web developers actually so i they have a gorgeous site um so this is what they've been doing and it, it has all kinds of information on crafting they have a forum on here skill lines um they really dig into this and i really liked uh what did they what did you show me the the mundus stones they yeah the mundus stone guide yeah it was really good yeah they showed they all have a lot of great information on this site it's really easy to navigate through too Mm-hmm. Definitely very, very nice. Definitely. I like how they, uh, with the Munda Stone in particular, they went into, not only did they show it for the Elder Scrolls Online, but they showed a section for the evolution of birth signs showing what they did and Munda Stones, what they did from one to the other, which is really cool because I think we tried to talk about this a couple episodes back. Um, for instance, the Warrior Constellation. In Morrowind, it was a birth sign. And it fortified your attack by 10 points. In Oblivion, it was a burst sign, and it fortified Adorance and Strength by 10 points. Because they, they switch stats a little bit. Um, there was a Doomstone, apparently, that also had hand to hand bonuses, but Skyrim, it was a Standing Stone, which increased, skill, or increased combat skills by 20%, so you gain level in them faster. But ESO, it will just increase power. So it's kind of neat as they show the progression in there. So they have it, it is a, it is a gorgeous website. Um, I do encourage people to go take a look at it if you're into the different crafting guides and the different guides for the game, as well as just looking at it for news. Because to be honest, uh, some of the other sites, like us podcasting sites, like I, I'm not saying we're we're bad at that, but you have to wait for our episodes normally to hear our our take on news. These guys are pretty quick on the uptake and like to have articles written out because this is what they do. They don't spread their time with podcast or vodcast or videos or anything like that. This, they're a writing site, so they are, keep pretty up to date with news and and because it's dedicated only to Elder Scrolls. You won't have to wade through, you know, a bunch of random PS3, Xbox news to get to something Elder Scrolls related. So, TamrielJournal.com. If you haven't, you should go take a look at their site, bookmark it, maybe say hi on their forums, whatever you got to do. Because it, it looks like an awesome site, and I'm really glad they put that together. So thank you guys for being an awesome part of the Elder Scrolls community. The next thing I want to go on is normally the community spotlight. I, I don't ever want us to spotlight our stuff in here because this is for us to go and um, shout out the community, not us. The, the whole show's about us, but I, I figured this merited a, a, a first time going over because we're actually going to do our first stream, if you will, on Sunday, 
March 30th for the Elder Scrolls Online launch. So episode 10, when we record this, will be a live show. Um, now, we, now I didn't actually ask you this. Are we still doing it at the same time? Um, yeah, we're going to start at the same time. We might not actually start the official show show. Let, let's plan on 3 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday, March 30th, if you can do that, Krabby. Yeah, yeah. We will start up the stream and we'll, we'll work on the bugs and stuff because this is our first time doing this. Um, so we're going to start up this up, up the stream and we're going to work through that. We'll kind of get everything set up. So if you guys want to join us, of course, I, I do encourage everyone who wants to participate in a live show from us to go to our Twitch, our Twitch TV channel, which um, again, twitch.tv slash tales of Tamriel podcast. I'm just double checking that to verify Yes, it is. Tales of Tamriel. You can find us. That's our username. That's our Twitch TV channel. So it's twitch.tv slash Tales of Tamriel. Sorry, not pod. You should probably throw in the show notes too when you pop this on iTunes. Oh, yeah. I will put that on there as well, saying this is where you can see us. We're going to start at 3 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, and we'll roll right into the show from there. Um, so that'll be kind of fun because then Krabby will be able to pretty much tell us what he is doing in game for his tales. <laughs> Um, hopefully he will not be too distracted. So, but that will be our first show. I hope we see some people out there. And, uh, I know I, myself on the tales of Tamriel Twitter for anyone who doesn't know, if you see tales of Tamriel Twitter going off, it's always me. It's been a hundred percent me. Maybe later at, if our network grows, other people will use it to, to post stuff on the website and auto post, but 90% of the time it, it's me. Um, so I will be broadcasting and kind of throughout the week, uh, reminding people on Twitter that we are going to have a show. I'm going to put a news article up on the site as well, that we're going to have a live show and where to find us. And, uh, I'm sure crappy will do likewise. So that is it for our community spotlight. We're going to move on to our emails section, um, and our comments, uh, on Facebook. We actually, I got this message right after recording episode eight actually it was literally 10 minutes after the episode was done i'm like i'm gonna go check our facebook page and ralph uh i'm gonna try to pronounce your name buddy i'm sorry if i get it wrong it's laga lagow lago lagow i'm gonna go lagow um he he's fantastic he's he always messages us on our or on our facebook site but he goes awesome episode six guys and great edition of crabby all right that's it ended right there it's done yep done that's all he said <laughs> that's all he said so he wanted to say it's fine yep crabby is awesome uh <laughs> says the jealous always enjoy your personal gameplay experiences uh you have a way of transporting us back reliving your adventures through your tales awesome Thais, and this is something that I wish she was here because she would have got a kick out of this one. A great talent for storytelling. Your narration and inflection keep me glued and immersed. And actually, I believe it was Ralph that went through and was saying how you did an awesome mug or a mobster accent. Your New York accent is Your New York accent was awesome. (laughs) Blessings and looking forward to meeting you both in-game. And in our show notes, he gave his in-game name, but I'm not going to give that for now. But, uh, course we're going to definitely be adding him to our friends list so we can meet up in the game um we had two five-star reviews on itunes which again i thank you guys for these help us out so much uh rant or is it rant rant um 
I love the energy that the hosts have for each other. Very informative. Awesome banter between them that draws you in. Keep it up. And I hope to see you all in Tamriel one day. Well, we hope to see you in Tamriel as well. I know that when the game goes live, I know I'll be publishing my handle, which I'll do it now. It's at Agelos. I know, real original. You'll never guess who that is. That's my account name. That's who I am. So anyone can add me and we'll we'll chat. <clears throat> the next one, this uh was a five-star review and this one this one is this was really nice in a ravenous attempt to find more tso coverage i ran across this gem from the start of the cast the quality is apparent audio sounds sounds great and the conversation flows well between the hosts they are knowledgeable about the game but not afraid to express what they don't like i myself like long podcasts some folks don't um I'll, i'll leave out this next section here um, just because it, it's more directed towards us in the long podcast. You know, we're gamers and we like talking about the games. All in all, take a listen. As an avid podcast podcaster myself, I feel pretty confident in recognizing a cast fun enough to fill my limited time. This is definitely one of them. Keep up the effort, my friends. This is good stuff. This was actually from Cash from Mog Nation Gaming. If you guys have not heard of Mog Nation... I normally don't do shout outs for anyone who doesn't um, who doesn't do cast for the Elder Scrolls or anything like that. Um, and I don't think they do. I was looking through their site, but I used to listen to these guys. I actually wrote back to um, Cash and was like, dude, thank you for the awesome, awesome uh, five star. And I've listened to these guys back for Guild Wars 2. When they were- oh, yeah. I used to listen to them for Guild Wars 2. Oh, that's so funny. That's I didn't even speech. I didn't read this review before the show. So that's I didn't know that that was actually Cash. Yep. From Mognation. That, that's awesome. Yep. Mognation. He's a super nice guy. He is. He is. And they have a very professional, in my opinion, they do a lot of podcasts. They do a Wildstar podcast. They do a, uh, it looked like they do a Smite kind of show for the Smite MOBA and a few others. They're a big multi gaming group. And to get such high praise from these guys who are way better at this than us, I got to say, it, this, this meant a lot to us. Because you know we're we're just starting out, and it, he definitely had a lot of nice things to say about us. And coming from more or less about as close to professional podcasting as you can get, um, that it's really really good. And I do encourage anyone to check out Mog Nation for if you're into multiple different games. But I did want to give them kind of a shout out because you know they they did shout us out with this. And, yeah, their their shows are excellent. I, I would recommend it as well. Anybody just ch- check out check out Mog Nation's casts and website and everything. They're great. They are fantastic. So I I was it was exciting for me because as soon as I saw the name, I'm like, I used to listen to you guys <laughs> back when you had a Guild Wars two show. It was so cool. Um, but yes, yeah, so thank you so much for all the amazing feedback and the five star reviews. Those help us out so much. Um, I love the community we have here. Amazing people who really do want to support us in this effort. And it amazes me every single time uh, I read stuff from the community. I know by now it really shouldn't surprise me, uh, but this community is just so awesome. It really is. So thank you to everyone in the Elder Scrolls community for being so awesome. All right. Now it's my least favorite time of the show. It's our closing thoughts. Krabby, what do you think? Um, 
Man, it, it was good. Good, even though we started like you know forty five minutes late, it's still you know it's a good. Well, show. Um, we, we were waiting to see if Thais could be here. Yeah, she, she's yeah. visiting uh, her her mother and stuff like that. Um, because she moved out when we got married. She moved out here, so she's like three hours away from her mom. So she went and visited for a week. She's like, I'm gonna try to get on the show. I'm gonna try, but I was texting her and they they were out and about. And she's like, I'm not gonna make it back. She felt so bad. I'm like. It's all right. We'll we'll go on. We'll get you back next week. So yeah, yeah. It's definitely lame not having her around. Um, uh, if anybody noticed, I didn't post a lore article this week on the Tales of Tamriel website. I just been I've been so busy at work, and I'll be brutally honest. Infamous Second Son came out for PS4, and I got a couple other games that were engulfing my time. But um, this you week I'm gonna we're launched too. I, I I have to. It's like it's, I have to beat these games. You got like four launch. days at this time, dude. I know. <laughs> but um, no, I'm definitely gonna do another lore article. I might it might be a day earlier or two this coming week. Um, I'm not sure when I'm gonna do it on yet, but I did have to miss last week's. Well, not have to, but I did. That's right. And um, yeah, no. Well, I'll be I'll be streaming the podcast live. You know, next Sunday. Come check it out. Should be fun. Yep. All right. Well. Thank you, Krabby, for uh, joining me tonight. Um, I, I, I miss Thais. That's what I'm going to say. I'm sad. It, uh, I was texting her. And she's she's not responding to me now. She's out shopping or something. I'm like, I'm so sad you're not here. I just, just something just doesn't feel right. So, oh, uh, anyway, other than the fact that I'm I'm missing my my wife and she's out. You know, killing helpless people. I can't listen um, to this idiot from Boston for much longer. <laughs> <laughs> it balances out. Um, but yeah, I I'm just so excited for like, dude. Next week at this point in time, we'll have already been playing for like seven days. Oh, well, ten hours at this oh my at God. this point. Well, whatever. Time, Eleven hours. We will be playing. It's not even seven days anymore. It's just so close, and we will be playing the Elder Scrolls Online. I am, I am literally giddy over here, so I, I'm excited for that. But that's that's my main thing. Um, I will be doing a lot of Elder Scrolls Online, but for my Tales section, I wanted to let people know that I'm actually still going to go back and I'm going to try to bring in uh, at least one of the single player games every week or at least every other week for a little bit so there those tales are definitely not going to end because i still enjoy playing skyrim and morrowind and to a lesser extent oblivion um so i'll be bringing them in and plus i i still got to beat that game like everything on legendary and i'm nowhere near close so there's plenty of plenty of content to still be had in my skyrim game at the very least so um that's it for that for this episode i want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast if you wish to help support the podcast feel free to donate via the paypal link on the website uh if you wish to contact us with any questions comments criticisms our web um our website for the show is tales of or you can email the show at podcast at tales of you can follow the show on twitter at tales of tamriel our own Facebook at facebook.com slash Tales of Tamriel podcast. Also, feel free to rate and subscribe to us via iTunes. Can't stress enough. That helps a lot. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Tales of Tamriel. Have a good evening, and we'll see you in ESO next week. Yeah. Bye.